And all the time, God is good. I don't, I'm so thankful for what God's done in my life. I'm so thankful for how the Spirit of God and the, the work of God has changed me from what I used to be to what I am now. And I am so thankful that God is not done with me. We have this habit as Christians. It's almost like when we pull into the parking lot, we put on an air of, not purposely necessarily, that's, I think it's done subconsciously. I don't think anybody comes into church with a purpose to try to deceive other people. Uh, uh, but I believe that we come in here sometimes and, and it's almost like there's a switch that flips and we go from however we normally are to how we want people to perceive us to be. There are people that are wounded that come in and pretend like they're not wounded. There are people that are sick that come in and pretend that and I'm not talking about COVID sick or anything else. I'm talking about spiritually sick there are people that, 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 are, that are, are, are struggling in their faith and struggling in their life and struggling in their, in their walk. That, that, that They come in and you say, how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? It's good to see you. And you know what our, the response is? Good. Now, I understand that we don't want to, sometimes there are some hurts and some wounds that are so deep and so grievous that, that we don't want to burden other people with it. I still know that there are times when there's almost a shame that's attached to that, and we're afraid of what others might think or say or how they might feel. But I want you to know that God knows. He sees your weakness. He sees your struggle. He sees your hurt. Nobody else may see it. You may even be blind to some of it, how, how bad it is because you've gotten so used to it. But Jesus knows. Our passage this morning is in Luke chapter 13. We've already read part of it. I'd like to read down to the end of the passage, down to verse 17. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God to help us. Verse number 10 says this, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, and that them in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox? And not not this woman, being a, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound to load these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. 
God, I thank you, Lord, that you see us just as we are. God, I thank you, Lord, that you know our wounds and our hurts and our burdens and the difficulties that we face. Lord, you know those things today. Lord, you know them every day. But, Father, as we come before you, I pray uh, this morning that, Lord, you'd help me to expound the truth of this word. God, I pray that you would enable me to, to, to preach it, Lord, not in my words uh, or anybody else's words, but, Father, God, may you give me the words to say. God, I pray that your word and your, your spirit would, would mend the hearts of your people or that you would re- bring healing to this place. God, Lord, that, that we would be made straight. Lord, that we would glorify you. And God, I pray that you would work in a way that, Lord, that we know it is you. God, we thank you for your power. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And we ask for your help this morning in Christ's precious name. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need to meet with the Lord this morning. We all do. Not just this morning, but every morning. We need to spend time with him. We need to, to, to be in his very presence. Now, as we look at this passage, we see a woman who, as described in, this, in these verses, as someone, at verse uh, number 11, it says, Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years, it says, and was bowed together and could, no, and could in no wise lift herself up. Uh, what a description. Now, uh, a couple things I, I want to mention. Uh, she wasn't always this way. I imagine that she was a child. She's been bound for 18 years, but it doesn't say that she's 18 years old. I, I imagine as a child, she looked like everybody else. She walked upright. She had a smile on her fl- face as she, she played and ran in the, in the fields with her friends. And uh, as she looked up in the stars, she probably looked up with wonderment and excitement uh, as she saw the sunrise, as she saw the uh, just amaze, that, that, that joy that you see in a kid's face when they see something amazing. What a, it, I love watching my kids' faces when they see something for the first time. And just that, that joy, the smile that's there, the, the dimples. That, uh, but, but at some point in time in her life, uh, the Bible says a spirit of infirmity uh, came, her, came upon her. Uh, at some point in time, uh, she, uh, her body began to, to bow forward. What that, when it says that she was bowed down, or she, she was bowed together, uh, the Greek word literally means that she was bent over forward all, all together, as far forward as could possibly happen. Now, that doesn't happen in a moment. It takes a period of time, and I don't know what caused that physically, whether it was a, a, a tightening of certain muscles or a loosening or a weakness in the muscles that she wasn't able to hold. Herself. I don't know what, what necessarily caused that, but, but over time, as she began to, to, to bend, over time she began to stoop, and, and, and it got worse and worse and worse until one day she found herself in the position that she was in. And can I tell you this, that there, there are times that these spiritual infirmities, and, and I, while I believe this is a physical ailment that we see here outwardly, Jesus was very clear to tell us that there was a spiritual problem. Not that she was away from the Lord, but it says she was bound. Jesus himself said in verse number verse number uh, 16 that Satan hath bound her lo these 18 years. It was a spiritual infirmity that, that was revealed to us or revealed to others as an out, in an outward way. It was manifested physically. 
Now, it doesn't say that she had sinned in some way that got her to this point. It doesn't say that, in fact, many times when there was, there was, there was sin involved, Jesus would say, Go thou and sin no more, or, or thy sins be forgiven thee. Uh, uh, she's, she's not uh, described as someone who is in sin. She's described as someone who is bound. But over that period of time, it's easy to bear pain for a little while. I don't like pain. Does anybody like pain? Some people have a better tolerance for pain than others, so we won't get into that. But when somebody bears a pain or bears a burden or bears a struggle for a long period of time, what happens to their countenance? They lose their smile. They lose their joy. It's it's almost like uh, they, they can't pick themselves up. And whether it's a, a, a depression or whether it's a, uh, whether, 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 whatever it is, it, it can come upon them. And, and, and it may be something that, that has, over years has built up to the point now where they're in the same position that this woman was in. Maybe not physically, but, 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 but emotionally, uh, uh, spiritually, uh, uh, they're bound uh, by Satan. To, they don't know how to free themselves. They don't know. They're, they're unable. It's not even that they don't know how. They can't. She lost her smile. She lost that joy. And listen, she was no longer able to look up at the sun. Listen, I love looking, not looking directly at the sun. It's bad for you. Uh, Jess and I went for a walk yesterday morning. Uh, what a, what a, uh, we don't normally get to go alone. Typically, we have to drag the, all the kids with us, and we've got. Uh, and not that I don't like walking with my children, uh, uh, but somewhere along the line, especially if we go for a nice long walk, I end up carrying Zeke for about half of it. My, my shoulders get tired, <laughs> and we're always telling somebody, you know, hurry up, come on, because we'd like to walk faster. And and uh, but we got to go for a walk, just the two of us yesterday. That was that was that was good, and it was cool in the mornings. The, the fog was out, and the sun was blazing through the. It was a beautiful, beautiful morning. There's frost on the on the on the grass, and uh, man, just just said this is the, my favorite part of the walk. Not that two is with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> and many times when she goes for walks, she, she was pointing out that when this area where we were walking was her favorite place to walk by, just because of the way the sun rises and, and how it comes across. It was just beautiful. But somebody who's unable to lift their head to look at those things, you know what they see? The ground, the dirt. They miss out on so many of the, the beauties and the blessings. And whether it's a physical ailment or a spiritual ailment or emotional bondage that, 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 that we're going through, many times we're in the same position as this woman. We miss out on all the beauty, all the grace, all the, the blessings of God because we're so bound to this earth, so, so, so bound by Satan that we can't see it. We're so focused on our inward things, our suffering. Our, our pain, our sorrow, that we don't see how God is working. This was a terrible affliction that she had. She lost her natural brightness. And, and one of the things that, that, that we as, as, as Christians need to be careful of, there's always somebody that will come along and say, you know, you should just do better than you're doing right now. Stand up straight. Be happy. Smile. You ever tell telling somebody while they're in sorrow, tell them to smile? You like to get your, your block knocked off. 
<laughs> or, or worse, hurt them more. Don't you imagine this, this young girl, as, she's, as, as she began to stoop, as she began to go through this physical transformation that, 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 that she bore for 18 years, can't you imagine that somebody somewhere along the line said, honey, you should probably stand up straighter. You're prettier that way. A well-meaning mother or sister. Yeah, Mike, I, can't, I don't know how many times. I've got, I've got bad posture. That's, I'm... I'm I'm trying to do better with that. And I found that as I get stronger and healthier, that, that that's getting better. But I, I don't know how many times I, I heard my mom say, sit up. But you know, my problem wasn't physical. My problem was laziness. <laughs> this girl had no way to be able to stop what was happening to her. She had no ability to, to, to lift herself up. You see that here in, in verse, uh, verse 11 there. So she could in no wise lift herself up. She couldn't. And, and when, when, when people come along and say, hey, you should do this, and they can't, all that does is add to the pain. All that does is add to the grief. All that does is add to, because they feel like they should be able to, but they can't. Tell somebody who's depressed and, and, un, and feels like they can't get out of bed, you should just get out of bed. It isn't about that they don't have the ability to get out of the bed. It's, it's about the depression that has put them in that bed and their, their inability to, to escape that, to, to loose that bondage. Now, I'm not saying that, that, every, that every depression is spiritually, is, is activated spiritually. There are times when our hormones are off. And, and our, 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 what I want you to understand, that, though, is that there are times that Satan can physically affect us. She lost her natural brightness. She couldn't lift up herself. And what's even worse, this disease was chronic and uncurable. Because don't you think if it could have been cured, somebody would have cured it? There would have been some doctor that would have come along. She's had this for 18 years. 18 years. Now, when, when things are going well and, and things are happy and joyful, 18 years can go by like that. I look back at my life, and I've been blessed. I, uh, Elijah today looks like, a, looks like a, an adult. He's wearing a suit and tie. and uh, We've had him for 12 years. And it's been a joy all 12 years. And time flies when you're having fun. Isn't that the phrase? But 18 years of sorrow and 18 years of pain and 18 years of suffering, that seems like an eternity. Because each one of those years is 12 months. And each one of those months is 30 days. I actually did the math for this. Uh, it was something like 9 million, I think it was 9 million minutes. It was like, it was a ridiculous amount of hours. and three, 355,000 something hours. I don't like being in pain for a minute, let alone that long. This was a, a, a long-term problem that she was facing. And, and, and the longer you're in it, the harder it, it is to imagine to be able to, to overcome it, to imagine uh, that, there's some, uh, that there's any hope of cure, that there's any possibility uh, that you're ever going to, to, to come from it. In fact, uh, the word that, that's used when it's, uh, that was bowed together, it's this Greek word here. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, sugupto. Sug, sugupto. 
I mean it's to be bound together or to be completely overcome. When you're completely overwhelmed, it means you're unable to, to hold it off. There was no way that she was going to be able to, to overcome this. There was no way that she was going to be able to get up out of this herself. Uh, she was completely bound. And in fact, Christ tells us how she was bound. She was bound by Satan. But uh, uh, there's also a couple things that were good here that I want to note about her. While she was in the midst of this 18 years of suffering and 18 years uh, of being overwhelmed and overcome, this, this spirit, this, this bondage of Satan, Notice where she is. Jesus is in the synagogue and he's teaching. And she's there. She didn't allow, uh, allow uh, this, 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 this depression, this, 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 this infirmity, this bondage. She didn't allow this to keep her from living her, her life to the best of her ability. Uh, she, she went through it and she was in church. And maybe, and, and I, 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 I'm only, we can only assume, but I, I believe maybe she went because there was some sense of joy in being in the house of God. There was some, some sense of, of hope that, that even though she had gone through all this time, that, that, that it couldn't be taken away while she was in, in struggling. That there was something there that was not lost. And I, I want to encourage you, listen, if you're a child of God here today, you may be Bound. Not that I can see. There's nobody. That, that, I'm not saying that I can see it or any, anybody else here can see it. But if you're in that position, you're here. We read in Psalms 42 where David said said this. Uh, he 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 said the, uh, there in verse three, my tears have been my my meat day and night while the while they continually say uh, unto me, where is thy God? Verse verse five. He says, why art thou cast down? O my soul, and why art thou dis- disquieted within me? His soul was, was, was bound, his soul was, was burdened, his soul was in, in, in trouble. But then he goes on to say in the same verse, hope thou in God. Because no matter what's going on, we can still have hope that God will bring us through it. She was still in the house of God. And I also want to notice this, Jesus still refers to her as the daughter of Abraham. She was still one of his chosen people. Just because she was bound, just because she, uh, she was burdened, just because she, uh, she had this infirmity that didn't change the value of who she was. Christ still, still saw her. Listen, Satan had done everything he could to her, but he couldn't take this away from her. And if you're saved here today, no matter where you're at, if you're bound, uh, if you're burdened, listen, Satan can't take that away from you. There's joy in being a child of God. There is hope in being a child of God. And while the world may be falling around your ears, and you, not be, you may not be able to find yourself or dig yourself out of the, this hole that you seem to find yourself in, I want you to understand this, that that can never be taken away from you. That's why we can have real joy. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Give me a million dollars and I'll be happy. Please do. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Only kidding. I'm not asking for money. Money can make you happy, but what happens when you get money? You can lose it. How many people during the, when when the stock market crashed back in the long time ago, I don't remember the 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 exact dates of it, 
1920, thank you. Uh, I was thinking the 20s, but I didn't want to say the wrong date. Uh, back in the 20s, when, when, how many people jumped to their death because they lost everything? They were happy while they had the money. They lost their happiness when they lost their money. You could lose your money. You could lose your home. You could lose everything, but you could still have joy. Why? You could still have hope. Why? Because Christ, hope thou in God. She was still a daughter of Abraham, no matter what Satan did to her here. He couldn't take that away from her. Now, secondly, I want to look, notice this, the, the hand of Satan in, in this infirmity, in this bondage that she was, that she was going through. Satan bound her. Jesus said that there in verse number, number uh, uh, 16. It says uh, there, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, what were these 18 years? Satan had, had, had at some point in time in her life, a spirit of, of infirmity, uh, a work of Satan had come upon her. And I don't know what caused it. I don't know where, where it came from. But, but listen, Satan has a desire to destroy us, does he not? He has a desire to, 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 to bind us. He has a desire to, to keep us. Uh, uh, notice this, though. He, she's bound, but she's not possessed. There's a difference. Uh, as a child of God, you cannot be possessed by Satan. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you've been taken from his dominion, uh, from Satan's dominion, Satan's kingdom, Satan's jurisdiction, according to the book of Colossians, and you've been placed in the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ. The Bible says his dear son, the God's dear son. Uh, uh, you're no longer under Satan's power. Uh, you're in the, the kingdom of God, but that does not mean that Satan cannot attack you. It does not mean that Satan cannot bind you or, 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 or persecute you in some ways. In fact, I believe that Satan has a desire to, to, to sift us all like wheat, as Jesus said to Peter. Satan has a, a desire to put you through the ringer, to break your faith. Because in doing so, he ruins your testimony. In doing so, he can, he can take away the praise of God. In doing so, he can limit what God can do in your life. If you allow Satan to, to get this hold on you, and you allow Satan to keep this hold on you, and, and you allow Satan to have control, even though he doesn't have control. If you live in this bondage without hope, He bound her, but he didn't possess her. And that bondage happened like that. Sometimes it's a, a word from a preacher that was never meant to hurt, or a friend that was never meant to hurt, but we get wounded. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes it's as somebody does something to us and there's a, 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 a wound that comes. And whether it's meant to be a wound or not, it's still a wound. Sometimes, it, and, and over time, that, that wound begins to grow and get infected. Have you gotten an infection in a wound? It gets worse and worse. It gets a swell and painful and red. And without the cleansing, without a balm, without, without ointment to, to take care of, without antibiotics, you're unable to, to it, your body struggles to fight that off. And, and that can grow and get worse and worse. I've seen some nasty wounds. I won't go into describing them. I'm Marge is saying thank you. Uh, I've seen some nasty, nasty wounds in my time. We used to take people down to, uh, 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 to the hyperbaric chamber down in, uh, in, in, in Auburn. 
Uh, they have one in Lewis and Auburn area. And uh, patients that were diabetic and th they need, uh, if they have these open wounds, these big open wounds, and they're diabetic, it's hard for them to heal themselves. So they would, they would put them in these chambers to, to, to help. With the, with the, I've seen some nasty stuff. But it doesn't always start like that. In fact, it almost never does. Sometimes it's, it's just a redness on the skin, but inside the, uh, the, the, the flesh is beginning to, again, I'm not going to describe it too deeply, but the flesh begins to deteriorate on the inside, and then it opens up. And a lot of times we see it, it's a small little thing, a scratch, a, 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 a slight cut, and we think everything's okay until one day we see the, the deepness of that wound that unforgiveness brings. which turns into bitterness, which steals away our joy. It could be a hurt that was never intended. It could be, uh, uh, it could be something that wasn't intended. But I, either way, listen, unforgiveness, let me just put this out there. Unforgiveness is a, is a poison pill that you swallow that only kills you. You not forgiving somebody doesn't hurt them at all. It only hurts you. The Bible says, Jesus said, the word of forgive as Christ forgave us, God forgives us for Christ's sake. But this, this wound, whatever the cause of it, happens in an instant. But for her, it never went away. And as Satan can begin that, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's some other kind of wound, it doesn't, it could be any number of things spiritually. That infirmity, that bondage, that suffering, the depression. It can continue on and say, but how can a Christian be bound for that long? How can a Christian be in a depression that long? Can it happen? Yes, it can. Actually, some of the, uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers, uh, uh, was a man who suffered uh, the deep, deep valleys of depression. Read, read about, uh, if you read his biographies and read about him, uh, there, were, there were months where he couldn't get out of bed. But in those, those periods of time, uh, he learned and he knew that he could rest upon the Lord. Uh, he actually mentions uh, uh, a, a, a book that was written by another preacher. I believe his name is Thomas Rogers. Uh, I, I'm trying to get a copy of the book. It's, it's about a season of discouragement that lasted for 28 years. 28 years. In himself, the author, before God brought him out of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a Puritan writing, uh, but it can happen. We, so we think as a child of God, how can you go through that? How can you, how can you continue in that? Because Satan wants to bind you. Why would God allow you to go through that? Well, we'll talk about that here in a minute. This woman was bound to the earth. She was bound to herself. And the truth is, many times when we're bound in whatever it is, again, any number of things that we could, we could call this a spiritual, emotional, she's bound to herself. She's looking down and she's looking inward. And many times that this person, is, this child of God, is, is looking at earthly things, looking at the problems of their life. And the joys of others don't lift their spirits. They only make them look harder at their own sufferings, and, and, and it only brings more pain. And they look at their own weaknesses, and it, it brings shame. In the, it just, it's, it's like piling one thing on top of the other, on top of the other, until you 
feel like you're completely overwhelmed and unable to, to overcome the problem. And, and that's a problem. Because it's a way state, Satan uses to steal our hope. I do want to say this. And in the position that she was in, she was restrained from, look, from looking for the one thing that she needed. She wasn't able to, to, to look to the Savior. Uh, while she went to church and she, she, uh, she, she was there, she, uh, she may have participated in singing the songs. She may have, uh, uh, have heard the Scriptures read to her. Hey, listen, uh, the, the Scriptures can console us, amen? The Scriptures can give peace. The Scriptures, the Word of God can, can work in, in our hearts. Uh, uh, but, but there are times when, when somebody that's bound, to, have you ever come to church and sang the songs, but your heart weren't in it? That's not the right grammar, but... He's saying about victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Or redeemed, redeemed. And you're singing the notes, and you're even singing with gusto, but in your heart you're like, <sighs> could it be that Satan has bound you? Could it be that we're inwardly looking at our problems instead of looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him into the cross? Because if we're so busy looking at our own struggles and our own problems and our own burdens, and we don't look at the one who wants to carry our burdens, we lose hope. One thing I want to mention about this and Satan's hand on this. Listen, Satan will do everything he can to destroy you. He will not hold back at all. If Satan could have destroyed her completely, if Satan could have taken her life, he would have. But he didn't. Why? Because he couldn't. Satan's, Satan's power to affect us is limited and what God will allow him to do. Uh, you, you, you look at the book of Job and, and all that uh, Satan did to Job. Listen, uh, uh, Job was, I, I, I say Job was thrown under the bus by the Lord. Uh, uh, God said unto, unto Satan when he came before him, he said, have you considered my servant Job? And God was doing this for a purpose, and uh, we, we won't get into that this morning, but, but uh, uh, Satan said, well, you've placed a hedge of protection about him. I can't touch him. He said, well, you can... He says, if, 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 I could, if I could touch him, if I could, if I could affect his things, uh, then, then, uh, then he wouldn't praise you, that he would curse you. And God said, okay, you can touch his life, but you can't touch him. You can't touch, take his life. Satan didn't save him a child, didn't save him a penny, didn't, didn't save him anything. Satan took everything that he had. He comes back later and says, well, yes, I, you let me touch, take his stuff. You let me take his children. But if you let me touch his body, God says you can do everything but take his life. And listen, Satan didn't put boils on part of his body. Satan put boils on all of his body. You ever had a boil? I occasionally get, I occasionally get them, and, and they are painful. Uh, it, it, hurts to, it hurts to touch. It hurts to move them. And it's... It, I can't imagine having them all over my body. 
Satan didn't hold back. He did everything that he could. But the blessing is Satan did everything he could. See, wherever you're at, whatever has, has, has happened in your life, listen, Satan would do more if he could, but he can't. That doesn't mean other bad things can't happen in our life, but Satan is not able to do more than God allows him to do. Satan's power is restrained because uh, he's, he's, he's limited by what God will allow him to do. And, and, and this is important. Uh, in all that Satan did uh, to, to this woman uh, in, in, in binding her, Satan's desire was to destroy her. But what Satan did not know was that ultimately... He was preparing her to bring honor and glory to God. Because when the healing came, when the, when the Savior placed his hand upon her and she stood up straight, the Bible says she glorified God. And listen, nobody glorifies God in, 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 the way, in a way that, uh, like, like a, somebody who's been saved, someone who's been redeemed, someone who's been healed, someone uh, who, in whom has gone through the darkest of times and now stands in the light. Now uh, listen, we, you and I, uh, we take for granted so many things God has done for us. Uh, uh, just walking is a blessing of God. I know a young man, he's, he's, he's 14 or 15 years old now. I, I know his parents, I don't know him. Uh, he, he, has a, 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 he needed to have a surgery on his spine. And he said multiple as, he, as, he, as he's grown up. Uh, but they did this surgery uh, about seven or six or seven months ago. And in the process of doing the surgery, the doctors paralyzed him. A young boy who likes to run and dance and, 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 and play and do all the things that boys like to do now sits in a wheelchair. See, why did God allow that to happen? I don't know. I'm not God. But I can tell you this. Satan would destroy him if he could because he's a child of God. I saw a post from his parents. The doctors were able to go back in and do some more surgery, and they're waiting to see how things go. But about three weeks later, he was able to move the toes on one foot. Now, you wake up every morning, and you probably wiggle your toes and don't think nothing about it. But that boy, praise God, was so thankful for what God had done. His parents praised God because their son could wiggle his toes. See, uh, when we have what we have, we don't think much about it, but when we lose what we have and God blesses us with it back, man, we begin to suddenly take for, we don't take for granted anymore. We're, we're grateful for it. And this woman praised God in a way that nobody had ever praised God. Uh, and, and, and she never could have praised God the way that she did here if, God, if she had not gone through those difficulties. Satan, if Satan knew what, what was going to happen ultimately, he never would have touched her. <laughs> He'd be like, nope, I'd rather just leave her alone. She can go live her life, and, and she won't praise God. Satan's desire is to destroy us and destroy Praise of God. So we we talked about the infirmity. We've talked about uh, what uh, Satan's work in this. But I want you to notice the Savior here. It says in verse number twelve, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He saw her like nobody else saw her. Stop and think about this for a moment. I kind of alluded to this in the introduction a little bit, but 
But God sees us in a different way. Listen, she walked into that, that synagogue that day, and, and just like everybody else, and nobody, uh, she'd probably been there multiple times, and people may have greeted her. Uh, uh, she's been this way for, for 18 years, so it, uh, they didn't see anything different. They just accepted the way that she was. And, 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 and honestly, many times those kinds of people get overlooked. Standing in a crowd, she was shorter than everybody else. Uh, she was bowed down. Uh, 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 standing at eye level, she would get lost in a crowd. And listen, it's easy uh, when, when those wounds especially are not visible on the outside, it's easy for them to be missed by us, by, by mankind. But the Lord saw her. I don't know what you're going through today, or what you've been going through for the last year inside. I, I, know some of, I know some of the things that people have told me of, and, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Uh, uh, there are people that are here today that, that may have been struggling for a long period of time. Uh, uh, that they're going through difficulties that they just don't like to verbalize and share with others. And, and they carry those burdens all on their own, and, and you and I don't see it. But I want you to know something today. The Savior sees you right where you are, exactly how you are. You come here today and you put a smile on your face and, and, and everything's okay. God sees you. I wish, I, I'm thankful that we don't see the same way that God sees. You're all a, a group of handsome, beautiful looking people. Okay, Lord forgive me for lying. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If we could all look just think for a second. If we could look and see what God sees, what would we see when we look around? Would we see people that are trembling in fear because of a struggle in their faith? Would, would, would we see people that are, that, 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 uh, uh, are dead in the trespasses and sins? If you were sitting next to a dead person or a corpse, you might be a little nervous to stay here. Maybe we'd see somebody with a black, cancerous sin that you and I can't see. God looks into your heart, and he knows you better than you know yourself. See, when Jesus looked into this crowd as he, stu as he stood there and taught, because that's what he was doing there, uh, uh, he, he was probably on a platform, uh, possibly raised up taller than everybody, higher than everybody else so he could teach. Uh, and he's there teaching. He looks out and he sees this, this woman. He sees the bondage. He sees, the, yes, the, the outward, but he saw the, the cause of it all. Uh, it wasn't just something that had happened to her. It was something that was done to her by Satan. He saw all of that. He saw the, the pain. He saw the, the tears. He saw the the worry, he saw the fear, he saw the lack of hope, he saw her just how she was. And while she may have felt like she was alone, and listen, you can be in the biggest group of people and be all alone, God saw her, Christ saw her just as she was. And the Bible says he called her. He didn't say, hey you. He didn't say, come here. I honestly believe he called her by name. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that. It just says that he called her to him, but somehow she knew he was speaking directly to her. It was unmistakable. Because if he had been talking to the group, everybody would have come forward. 
That's why, I, that's why I believe Pastor Williams they used to say, when he said, Lazarus, come forth, he said, Lazarus, come forth, so that you know, all the graves didn't become empty. Uh, 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 he, he called her, and she knew he was speaking to her. And can I tell you today, uh, when, if he's if he, speaking to you, he has a way to speak directly to you. Have you ever had a, has there been a time when you thought, What's the pastor sneaking around in my Facebook or, or following me around? And how does he know that, uh, why is he talking about me? Listen, I don't prepare my messages with somebody in mind and think, ha-ha, I got them now. That's <laughs> not how it works. It might be easier <laughs> for me if I did that, but that's not how it works. Because the Word of God, uh, through the, in the Spirit of God, God speaks to us individually. He knows you. He knows your struggles. And He can speak to you in a way that I never could. He called her unto Him. He came to where she was. He came to where she was. Listen, uh, she went to the synagogue, uh, um, uh, I believe, uh, probably on a regular basis. It didn't just happen to be there. But even if, if she happened to be there that one, one uh, Sabbath day, listen, the Lord showed up on that one Sabbath day with the purpose to deal with her. It wasn't by accident that he, that he, that he, he loosed her that day. It was on purpose. You say, well, why did it take so long? I don't know. I don't know why God allows things to happen. And I don't know why we can go through these, these sometimes for a year, 10 years, in this case, 18 years. But I do know this. The Bible says, though uh, weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. You know that every, every time uh, you go to bed and the sun goes down, you can count on it. Without a doubt, the next morning, the sun's going to come up. Every day. I'm, I'm glad it does. But unless you live in something, someplace like Antarctica or up in Alaska, where it might be you know, months before you see it. Uh, for most of the world, uh, uh, while, while it's dark for the nighttime, there is a, an appointed time. In fact, scientifically, you can tell what time. You can look, at, look up and see what time the sun's going to rise, depending on where you're at, uh, every morning. This was her appointed time. She had gone through 18 years of suffering. She had gone through those things. And, and in that, honestly, I believe God uses trials in our lives to prepare us uh, for certain purposes. And, and I, uh, uh, we can call it a refining time. We can, we can call it a, 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 a time where God's working in us and, and preparing us or, or, or proving us. Uh, Job said, uh, uh, I don't see him on the right hand. I don't see him on the left hand. Speaking of God, I don't see him before him or behind me. But he knows the path that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth pure as gold. He said, God is doing a work in me. I don't understand necessarily the situation uh, as much as I want to be out of it now I know what God's done I'll come forth pure if you, if you do any kind of cooking or baking you stick those brownies in the oven you gotta put them in the heat now my wife likes to take them out a little bit early because she likes them kind of gooey and uncooked in the middle some people like that but they're not done until you can stick the toothpick in there and pull it out clean right not burnt, but done. That's when they're done right. Now, there are times we get put in the oven, and it starts getting hot and uncomfortable. And like, Lord, 
Anytime, just get me out of here. I'd like to be done now. And God says, you're not done yet. And at the appointed time, my wife, my kids like to set a timer for everything. When the dinger goes off, it's the appointed time. And the heat of the oven has done its work on the brownies, or the pressure of your trial has done its work in you. Then the Savior does his work. He came to where she was. He bid her to come as she was. Notice he didn't say, hey, you stand up and come here. He said, come just as you are. He didn't say just as you are, but he wasn't asking her to change. He was asking her to come to him. I'm thankful that God doesn't ask us to change before we come to him for salvation or for anything else. Listen, uh, uh, we, uh, he calls us to come to him uh, as, as sinners, uh, uh, to, uh, to come to him and, and so that he might cleanse us uh, for salvation, that his, his blood may wash away our sins, that, that he might do that work in us uh, that needs to be done. He bids us to come to him. But as a child of God, there are times when I'm weak, there are times when I'm hurt, there are times when I'm upset, and he doesn't ever say, hey, listen, you straighten up and then come to me. He says, come to me so that I can do the work uh, in you, because listen, and any kind of straightening up in my life, any kind of work uh, to be done in my life has to be done through the grace and the power of God, not because I choose to do it. We sing the song, Just as I am and without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. They've added on to that song now. There's a chorus. I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come restless. We come as we are. And he does the work in us. Notice he declared her freedom. Verse number 12, he says, woman. I don't talk to my wife that way, by the way. I get me slapped. I'm kidding. He said, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Jesus said, thou art loosed. Here's a question. When was she loosed from the infirmity? Right then. She still wasn't standing up straight. This is before she stands up. But, but uh, th- th- think of the miracle. Uh, not only uh, were the, 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 that physical bonds now loosed, so whatever it was that, that bowed her over uh, and, and bent her over upon herself so that she had to look at the ground, uh, that was loosed. Uh, but, but also the, the spiritual bondage of Satan, uh, which had been upon her for 18 years, that brought all that physical uh, upon her, that was loosed. In a moment, Christ said, woman, thou art loosed. And it was done. There is hope in that. There is hope that while it took Satan 18 years to get her where she was, it took Christ a moment to break that bond. One moment, a few words, and, and, and her life was changed forever. Listen, I don't know how long you've been going through what you're going through, but, and I don't know that if God's done with you yet, but listen, hope in Christ, because he can work in you in a way that is absolutely miraculous. 
That, that book that I mentioned earlier with Thomas Rogers, uh, uh, for 28 years uh, he, he suffered uh, through this, mel- this deep melancholy, this depression. And in a, in a moment, his life was changed. In a moment, uh, he, he, he was brought out of it. Uh, and and, and, and he, gives, he gives all the glory to God. He gives all the praise to Christ because it was God that did the work. Uh, and listen, he never turned his back on God, but it was God that changed his heart. And God had done something in him. Uh, and, and yes, for a purpose, but God brought him out of it in but a moment. He declared her freedom. And then we see in the next verse, and he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, what is the significance of him putting her hands upon her? Christ put his hands on a lot of people. But I believe that he didn't have to. I don't believe it was necessary for him to put his hands upon her. But can you imagine? And if, if, if maybe you're in this position and we, we just don't know, maybe God's speaking to you this morning, but it is wearisome to go through something like that. It is. And having not having been able to stand up for 18 years, I have a feeling that even though he said, woman thou art loosed, there may have been some hesitancy to stand up. Because she was just so tired, and so beaten, and so worn. Now, if you remember the woman with, who had the issue of blood, that she, she in her mind said, if I can just but touch the, the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And, and she had done everything she could. She had spent all that she had. And, and finally, she, she comes to Christ in the midst of this crowd and this jostling group of people that are following Christ as he goes to, to, to heal Jairus' daughter. And she comes up behind him and she, she bends down and she touches the hem of his garment and, and, and he stops. The Bible says the, the flow of blood immediately stopped. Her issue of blood was, was healed immediately. But the Bible says Jesus stopped and said, Who touched me? And it says that he could tell because virtue had gone out of him. There was a, a strength. There was a power that had gone out of him. And listen, he was God. He, he, he knew. But there was a transference of, of strength. There was a transference of, of, of the power that, that was in him to that woman when she was healed. And he could have spoken. People, he told people that, they would, that uh, they'd be raised from the dead or they'd be healed. And he never even had to go because of the faith of, God's, uh, of the people. But that power was transferred when Jesus placed his hand upon this woman as she's bent over. I, I truly believe that he gave her the strength that she was able to then Stand up, even though she had already been loosed. And can I tell you today, you may have been in such a bondage over the last years or weeks or months that you don't think that you're able to overcome it, but God can give you the strength to stand up. You don't have to. I'm not saying you can do it yourself. And I'm not even going to promise you that today is the day. Though it can be, if it's that appointed day. But I want you to know you can have hope that God can bring you out of this. He poured his life into her. And can I say this? Is I'm so thankful that God has poured his life in each and every one of us. Because the work that has been going on in your life as a child of God, 
is all of Christ. The grace of God, the, the, the power of God to work in us, to make us who we are, that's God's work, not ours. Now, notice the loosing of this bound woman. It says there in verse 13, and immediately she was made straight. Immediately. What took 18 years took but a moment of the work of God in her life. She was made straight immediately, and, and she, was, she lifted up. She was no longer in that position that she had been in for so long of a time. I, I, the, the change, uh, uh, can you imagine? Can, can, can you imagine this being you? And, and suddenly, I went to, I, several, about three years ago, no, two years ago, I went to a chiropractor. Uh, I was concerned about my, 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 my posture. And I, I went to this chiropractor thinking that, that they could help me with my posture and give me some exercise or something I could do to, to be able to stand up straighter. I'm still working on it because they didn't do it. But, uh, uh, and so he started doing some twisting. You know how they manipulate you and twist you and crack your back? And, and, and uh, about six weeks into it, he did something, and I couldn't move. <laughs> it, it, it hurt when he did it, and I went home, and by the end of the day, I, I was in pain, like real pain. I, I, could, I, couldn't, I could barely get out of bed. I, I went to bed that night. The next morning, I, like, it was hard. And so I, I called him. I went back in, and uh, uh, he, he, he tried to fix it, and he only made it worse. And, and uh, it was bad. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I made up my mind. I'm not going back to this guy, to any chiropractor. I, 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 hopefully it will just get better on its own. And guess what? It did not. <laughs> and for weeks I was in pain. And weeks I was, uh, I'd have to lift myself slowly out of bed and turn just the right way. I can remember standing up here like this trying to preach. And, and it was, I, I was in pain constantly. And then I went to a different chiropractor. Uh, Brother Troy actually told me to, uh, of who he was, uh, the, his chiropractor. He said, "He said you should try going to this guy. He he'll, he he should be able to help you." So, so I made an appointment. I went in, and they did some tests where they just wanted to see what my range of motion was, and my, it, I had no range of motion. I, I, I could I couldn't. Bend, this is as far as I could bend over. Uh, I could bend like this, and as, as soon as I started having pain, he goes, "Okay, that's it." And then he puts me on this thing called a drop table. And and uh, he pulls out this. Uh, he did some things where he measured the length. I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, he he did a few things and just looking at things. And then he goes, he goes okay. And he pulls out this little gun and it, it just goes on on your back. He did that and a bunch of, in, in, in a couple of places. Did it for a few minutes and he goes, okay, get up. And I thought there is no way <laughs> I am any better than I was when I got here. I, it, it was literally like that on my back. I'm, That's not going to fix nothing. This little table that would. That did absolutely nothing, is what I thought. And I got up, and I was like, <laughs> he goes, okay, let's see how far. And I wasn't perfect. I wasn't all the way there yet. I had to go back. I was like, this is amazing. What kind of magic do you have in that gun? Now, I don't believe in magic or whatever. But, but I, I, was, I, was, I was excited. I'd only had this back pain for a couple of weeks, but I'm excited because now I can move and woohoo, this is good. And, and it was awesome. Praise the Lord. I was, I was excited. Imagine 18 years of being bound and finally standing up. Something tells me she may have been like, How far can I go? 
I don't know what she was doing, but she was testing things out to make sure everything worked. And, and it did. And, and it doesn't say, listen, guys, I got some plans today. No, she glorified God for all that he had done. She didn't say, why did God keep me there for 18 years? I can't believe I went through that for 18 years. No, she said, God is good for what he has done for me. Because when, when God works in our lives and God brings us through those depths of, 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 of darkness, the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear evil. Why? Because he's with us. And he gives us healing. He gives us strength. She rose up to glorify God. And nobody can glorify God like somebody who's come through the darkness. In fact, uh, those dark days bring us so much closer to the Lord. Uh, I'm not here to tell you that I've got the magic pill for you to come out of your dark days. Uh, I'm not telling you that, that, that you come to me and I'll pray over you and, and, and all your problems will be over because that is not what the Bible teaches. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the bomb of Gilead. He is the one that can soothe the sin-sick soul. He's the one that can, that can comfort and help and heal and bring you through it to the other side. Now why do we, we see what Jesus did for her? Why do we think Christ would do that for us? Look down at the following verses. Verse 14 Anytime, by the way, anytime something good happens uh, in Scripture, there was always those who spoke against it. And see that verse 14. Uh, uh, they, it says, And the rule of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which man ought to work. And then therefore uh, come and be healed on, and not on the Sabbath day. Listen, when, when God is working, there's always going to be somebody to speak up. And listen, by the way, uh, Satan is the one who, who bound her. I believe Satan was the one who influenced this man to speak. Uh, uh, but there will always be somebody to, to speak against what God is, is going to do or what God is doing. But notice what Jesus responded to him and how he responded. Then the Lord... Jesus answered and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to the watering? He said, listen, if you have a, 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 an animal that's bound, tied up in your barn, and it's thirsty and needs, needs refreshment, it's, it's tired, it's, it, needs, it needs to be brought to the water, what man of you isn't going to untie his animal, his, his ox or his, his, his ass or whatever, whatever and, and take them to the place of watering? Why would you do, not do that? Of course they would, unless they're vile. And, uh, you would take care of your Now, there are people out there that don't take care of their animals, but uh, he, he's speaking, uh, he's talking about just regular human compassion and human kindness. Can I say this? Jesus has more compassion than any human does. If you and I would look at an animal and it's thirsty, tied up, and uh, we would either bring that loose that animal and bring it to the water, uh, uh, or, 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 or we would bring water to the animal because that's just what's the right thing to do. How much more would Christ loose us and refresh us when we're in need? Remember, he sees you, not as I see you, not as those that sit around you see you. He sees you exactly as you are. The Bible says that God does not change. 
He's the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, so when, in those days, when he looked with compassion upon the people, guess what? When he looks in this church and he sees his people, he looks on us, not in judgment, though he judges sin, he looks on us with compassion. He doesn't turn us away. Draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Yes, he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. But he does not say, don't come to me. He says, come. Not only did he just have more compassion than they did, he mentioned, he said, how many of you if it would, would not take your own, your own ox? Now, you might not go and untie somebody else's animal and lead them around, but you would certainly take care of your own, wouldn't you? You've been bought with a price. You belong. He calls you by name. You are his. If Christ did it for that, if, if Christ, if you would do it for your animal, your own animal, Christ would do it for you. Uh, the Bible says that we are uh, his sheep. He says, my sheep, hear my voice. We are his. The Lord is our shepherd. And we read in Psalms 23 how he takes care of his sheep. He walketh us through the valley of the shadow of death, but it also talks about uh, he leads us to the green pastures. He restoreth our souls. We see his compassion. We see his work in our life. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know where. I can't see like Christ did. I wish I had perfect discernment, but I do not. I don't know how you're struggling, but God does. Hope thou in God. That's what David said in Psalms 42. In fact, he says it several times. Verse 5, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the Hermonites, and the hill of Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves, thy bellows are gone over me. Does it sound like he's overcome? He says, the water seems to be just like rushing over me. I, I can't uh, come up. He says, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And as with the sword in my bones, mine enemy reproached me. Why say they, why they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance. And my God. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that we that we can hope in you.